0: Joe hit it kind of on the head today about what's been on my heart the last few weeks. And, and we're seeing this country divided in politics. Uh, the main political parties are in fighting and, and divided. Most uh, Every news report you see includes stories of arguments, disputes, fighting. Uh, guys, since I said that statement last week, look at all the crud that's happened in the news. Uh, We see so much infighting, deaths, murders, all these things going on in the world. We see infighting in our our churches, our denomination, uh, infighting in our own community. And last week we were talking about how the community's in an uproar about this marijuana thing. And, And we just see that fighting going on in the community. We see infighting going on in our own church. We see infighting going on in our own personal lives. And and Lord hasn't released me from talking about these things. But, but I wanted to start out today and re- remind you that there's nothing new under the sun. Whenever sin entered the world, arguments, disputes, and fighting began. Immediately, Adam blamed the woman that she gave me the apple from the tree and I ate it. Immediately, in the beginning, in the church, in the family, in the world... Men immediately started blaming others for things going on in their lives. Infighting disputes broke out immediately after that we' seen Cain rose up against his brother Abel and killed him. So the history of the world ever since the beginning has been conflicts of all these kinds that we 're talking about, uh, even from the beginning that when sin entered in the, that we see a regression. Not only in humankind, but in in plants and weeds and and all these things that began to enter the world. But guys, the key to overcoming is staying close to the Lord. The key to overcoming is what we talked about last week is sacrificing our lips, sacrificing our life, sacrificing our loot. And guys, I'm, I'm working on a sermon there more because... A lot of times we don't want to talk about that, but, but God gave you jobs to build His kingdom. Uh, there's a big doctrine going around now that, that you don't have to do anything, just depend on God. Well, God worked and built the heavens and earth and rested on the seventh day. God thought work was good, but we work to build God's kingdom and we use our monies to build God's kingdom. And when we get off track and use it to build our kingdom then we're in the wrong place. But the last thing we talked about is sacrifice of our love. So we need to be sacrificing our lips, our life, our loot, and our love for the things of God. When we don't do that, we see people begin to turn away from God. When we don't do that, we see this fighting and this, these disputes, these arguments, this junk start to well up. We see the breakdown of relationships everywhere. We see the broken marriages, the broken homes, the broken relationships at work, civil wars and wars, et cetera, et cetera. In other words, it's a result of us not staying close to Jesus Christ. These things are always going to be out there, but we can be overcomers in Christ Jesus, our Lord. We can do all things through Christ Jesus who gives us strength. Today, I wanted to continue down that vein. You know, how to avoid arguments, deal with disputes, and stop fighting. Uh, the neat thing about this is that that this has been on my heart. Lord, I'm crying out to you. Give me direction for our world. Give me direction for our community. Give me direction for Oakton. Give me direction for our individual lives. And I would cry out, God, need, God I need you. And, and this devotion, and the very next morning... I got up and read, and the title of the devotion was How to Avoid Arguments, Deal with Disputes, and Stop Fighting. Man, when we speak to the Holy Spirit and speak to God, God hears us. We need to sacrifice our lips, our life, our loot, and our love and continue to embrace God and and embrace Him with all that we are. And when we do, He will speak to us. But I was praying and asking the Holy Spirit, Give me this direction. And and how to avoid arguments is point one today, and I'm going to get into five ways of how we should deal with arguments. And, and the first thing is number one: avoid arguments. In other words, the title of the message: we just need to avoid them. Proverbs is full of practical advice on how to avoid arguments, especially Proverbs 18:17 through 19:2. Avoid means to keep away from or stop oneself from doing. So let's just read Proverbs 18. And we'll start there. The one who states his case first seems right until the other comes and examines him. The lot puts an end to the quarrels and decides between powerful contenders. A brother offended is more unyielding than a strong city. And a quarreling is like the bars of a castle. From the fruit of man's mouth, his stomach is satisfied. He is satisfied by the, the, the yield of his lips, death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. The poor uses in, in, entreaties; the poor poor use entreaties, but rich answers roughly. A man of a, a man of many companions may come to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. Better is a poor person who walks in his integrity than one who is crooked in speech and is a fool. Desire without knowledge is not good, and whoever makes haste with his feet misses his way. Point two: Ask for the help of the Holy Spirit. Proverbs 18:18 18, 18 says, "Casting lots put, on, put an end to quarrels and decides between powerful contenders." Proverbs 18:18 18, 18 said. So back in the Old Testament, when people wanted guidance, they casted lots. They used to just throw the lots out and whatever they said, they trusted that was from God and they did it. But the New Testament believer has the help of the Holy Spirit. And, guys, we never need to forget that. We need to press into that, that when you accept Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, a portion of the Holy Spirit enters you. But I believe later on there's a baptism, an infilling of the Holy Spirit, and that Holy Spirit will be with you at all times, and it teaches you all things. And it's a powerful thing to have in our lives. Jesus himself said, for the Holy Spirit will teach you in that very hour what you ought to say. So whenever there is something going on in your life, whether it's good, bad, or dispute, or whatever, we can go to the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit will speak to us. And I just gave you an example of that earlier. You see, God has put His trust in our decision-making and in the righteousness of us. God has put His trust in us. First Corinthians 6, 1 Corinthians 6:1 says, and I don't think I have this on the overhead. It may be by now, but when one of you has a grievance against another, does he go dare to go to the law before the unrighteous instead of the saints? And, and guys, or do, the, do you do not know that the saints will judge the world? And if the world is to be judged by you, are you incompetent to, to tri- tribal cases? Do you not know that we are the judge to judge angels? How much more than matters pertaining to this life? So if you have such cases, why do you lay them before those who have no standing in the church? Right here, Paul is telling the Corinthian church that, again, we have the Holy Ghost. And we have the, the power of God with us. So when we have grievances against each other, he's saying to them, why are you going to the world? Why are you going to the unbelievers? Why are you going outside of the church? He went on to tell them, don't you realize that I've entrusted you through the Holy Ghost with the righteousness of God to give you the words to say, the things to do? Do you not realize that it's said in here that the saints will judge the world? Do you not realize that you will judge angels? God has given us the power of the Holy Ghost to give us words to say, to give us directions in all things. Do you guys realize that Moses himself? Moses himself used to deal with the grievance, grievances in the body. In Exodus eighteen thirteen, the next day Moses sat down to judge the people. And the people stood around Moses from the morning till evening. From the morning till evening, Moses dealt with the grievances, the disputes, all the things going on in the body of God. And he dealt with them. We see later on that he divided that up between the leadership. He divided up between those people that were strong, righteous men of God. And so Paul is again saying to us today, I have gifted you with the anointing, the power of the Holy Spirit that will teach you all things. Why do we go to the world for counseling? Why do we go to the world for answers? Why don't we go to each other? Why don't you go to your pastor? Why don't you go to your Sunday school teacher? Why don't you go to your best friend? Why do we go everywhere else but to those that love God? You see, Jesus teaches us how to to judge grievances, how to judge arguments and discord. Matthew 18, 15, and I'll put it up behind me. But I'm just going to tell you the steps that Jesus himself said to the body on how that we should deal with things. When we have problems amongst us, how that we should work through things. So today, if I've got a problem with Daniel, and he's offended me, and I have a grievance, an argument, or discord, that would never happen. That's why I'm using you as an example. But if that would ever should happen Jesus says in Matthew 18, 15, If your brother sins against you, go tell him his fault between you and him. You see, Jesus wants us to go and work these things out together. But as the word goes on to say that, that if it didn't work out between us, step two, go to your brother with two friends. Take two other friends along with you that every charge may be established by the evidence of two or three witnesses, Matthew eighteen sixteen. So now I'm going to say, you know, well, it's not working out. Uh, We love each other. We care for each other. So I'm going to grab old Jordan Garrett here, and I'm going to grab old Connie Meister, and we're going to go over and we're going to talk to Daniel, and we're going to try to work this out the way the Lord tells us to work it out. And we're going to work through these things. We're going to pray, and we're going to use the Word of God, and we're going to try to work through them. Well, Jesus said, if that doesn't work out, and there's still a grievances, and, and Connie and Jordan and, and all of us praying together didn't just seem to get over the boat. He said to take it before the church. And we're to come before this body here, and we're to pray, and we're to seek God because the Holy Ghost is in us, the Holy Ghost is directing us, and we should be able to work through these disturbances, these, these disputes, these grievances, these things that, that the devil would do to try to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus said if this doesn't work, to treat them as the tax collector, to treat them as the Gentile, he was writing this scripture to the Jew. Well, what did Jesus and how did Jesus tell us to treat the Gentile? He said to love them and he offered them the kingdom of God. Where did we always see Jesus setting? But at the, the but with the sinners, the tax collectors. In other words, so many times we use that scripture to cast people out. And I think there's a time that maybe that, that they don't get the maybe the position or whatever, but we never stop loving them. We never stop pressing into the things of God. We continue to care about them through all things. And a lot of people, you know, they struggle with me saying that, but if you're arguing with me, you're arguing with the word of God. The word of God will go on to say in Matthew eighteen uh 17 18 excuse me matthew 18 18 and we use this scripture all the time to believe for things we want in our life we use this scripture to believe for healing we use this scripture to to, for deliverance for financial situations for marriage we use this scripture for everything but the, the this scripture was given in the context of going to your brother and working things out it goes on to say right after these four steps Truly I say to you, whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Again I say to you, if two of you agree on, each, on earth about anything they ask, it will be done for them by the Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am with them. Did you think about that when, when this was been wrote Jesus was talking about if you have a problem with a brother. If you've got a problem with a sister, that's the, where that scripture was put in. And there's nothing wrong with using it in other places, in other, in other situations. But do we come together to save the brother that we got a problem with? Do we come together and give all that we got to save the sister in a relationship with a sister or a friend? Do we go to great extremes to maintain the love and the bond of the body, the the unity? You see, this passage was designed to bring unity and not allow Satan to divide us. When we follow these steps of God, we're in God's will. When we follow these steps of God, we are in God's will and he will work things out. Do we obey this commandment? I don't think we do a very good job, to be honest with you. I hear lots of complaints. But I can count on these fingers, the ones that came to me and talked to me about them. I see lots of complaints in personal lives, but I see it all over Facebook. Facebook. I see it all over media. That isn't what God said to do. If you want to be in will of God when there's disputes and fighting and arguments going on in your life, you're to go work it out with that brother or sister, and you're to do everything possible to love them and to care for them. We're going to put that, that will be part of the leadership class. And it will be probably in three weeks or the third class. But that's what I expect out of the leaders of Oakton. Third thing is listen to both sides. Proverbs eighteen seventeen: the one who states his case first seems right until the other one comes in and examines him. Have you ever been to them? You know, you'll get caught up in a story. A person will be telling you how bad they got it. And they'll be telling you this doom and gloom. And man, they've sucked you in and, and they've got all of you. And then they go, you'll say, well, w- what caused it? They said, oh, I did this. And you're like, duh, I see why they did it now. And, and I, I have that so many times. It happened this week in youth. Remember, I told you I was going to bring it up today. But Allie was telling me about a deal going on in her life. And and Amanda, she had me sucked in. And me and Nancy were just totally sucked in. Oh, poor little girl, you're going to be okay. And she goes, oh, by the way, I did this though. And I'm like, what? I'd have done the same thing. When you hear the other side of things, it doesn't mean the same a lot of times. And so we always need to be careful that way. I can remember a story at Freeman about a, A man that had a vasectomy or whatever they call that, but they can't have kids. I mean, they make it where they can't have kids. And and the wife came up pregnant. He was so hateful to her, so evil to her. The people around her were just hateful to her. And when they run the test or did it, whatever they found out, it was his kid. It had grown back together. So when you heard his story, oh poor poor you. It's easy to get on board, man, she cheated on you. Oh my goodness, and we cast her out. We throw her out of the body. We we curse her, we beat her up to find out that there was a miracle and the guy was healed up and they had a baby. She was so hurt by the friends and family that she continued to divorce on and divorce the guy because of the things hurtful that were said so we need to be careful that we listen to both sides or we know both sides before we form an opinion for avoid unnecessary offense a brother offended is more unyielding than a strong city and quarreling is like the bars of a castle the story i just told you about confirms that that lady was so offended and so hurt and, and a lot of you say, rightfully so, that she could never forgive her husband and the family around him, and they continued down the road they were, they were going. Number five, choose your words carefully. For From the fruit of a man's mouth, his stomach is satisfied. He is satisfied by the yielding of his lips, Proverbs eighteen twenty. Death and life are in, in the power of the tongue, and those who live it will eat its fruit. Proverbs eighteen twenty one. We can do great good or great damage by what we say, and last week I hit on that when we were talking about sacrificing our lips. So if you want to go back and listen to that, you can. But number six, choose your companions carefully. On the spouse who finds a wife, finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. My wife Karen's wisdom advice. And involvement has often helped me to avoid getting into trouble. A good husband or wife will be a peacemaker. And we need to remember that. And I got into that a little bit last week. That whenever I would go home crying to mom and dad again, them hearing one side of the story, they would always quickly say, but what did you do? They need to be a peacemaker and try to bring bring peace into your situation. We need really close friends like this. In the reading today, a man of of many companions may come to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. We need to find brothers and sisters that will bring us into a relationship with God and, and cause us to raise up and to build up the things of God and not tear them down. If we're hanging out with people that are tearing everything down, I would change your friends or 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 change them physically or, or their thoughts or walk away from them. But the closest friend that sticks closer than a brother or a sister is Jesus Christ. And we need to continue to be pressing into Him. Now, I'm going to quickly move to Romans 14 now, 1 through 18. And we're going to rattle off 9 quickly there because it's dealing with disputes here. I call it the preventative maintenance chapter. At Freedman, we had work orders that that every day my guys would come in and we had safety work orders, we had work orders, all the departments divided up. And they would go in at the beginning of the day, they'd grab their work orders and go repair equipment that was already broken. We also had a group of guys that they were called preventative maintenance. And they went around and they fixed things before they broke. And you see healthcare is heading that way now. Uh, a lot of things are heading that way now. At the church, we are under contract. We have a preventative maintenance, maintenance on our HVAC systems. They come in in the spring and change the filters. They check the compressors, levels, the fluids. They check our systems out so that we don't have breakdowns throughout the year. I believe Romans 14, 1 through 18 is a preventative maintenance to give us a heads up over disputes, fights, quarrelings, all these things that we're talking about. As Paul said, I believe if the church world would have listened to him, listened to the Holy Spirit over the past 2,000 years, we wouldn't have all the problems that we have today. Let's begin reading. As for the one who is weak in faith, welcome him, but not quarrel over opinions. One person believes he may eat anything, while the weak person eats only vegetables. The one who observes the day observes it in honor of the Lord. The one who eats eats in honor of the Lord since he gives thanks to God, while the one who abstains abstains in honor of the Lord and gives thanks to God. for none of us live to himself, and none of us dies to himself. For if we live, we live to the Lord, and if we die, we die to the Lord. So then whether we live, whether we die, whether whether we die, we are the Lord's. For to this end Christ died and lived again that he might Be Lord, both of the dead and of the living. Why do you pass judgment on your brother? Or why do you despise your brother? For we will stand before the judgment seat of God, for it is written. And I want to stop there. But a lot of you may be thinking, well, you're just telling me earlier that we are to judge the world, we're to judge the earth. We are to minister to these people. We're to look at situations when they come to us, judge the situations, but bring them to Christ. What this scripture is saying is is we're casting them away. And God doesn't want us to cast people away and to throw them into hell's fire and throw them into hell's damnation. He wants us to bring them to Christ. Verse 11, As I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow to me, and every tongue shall confess to God. So then each of us will give an account of himself to God. Therefore, let us not pass judgment on one another any longer, but rather decide never to put a stumbling block or hindrance in the way of a brother. I know and I am persuaded in the Lord Jesus that nothing is unclean itself, but if, but it is unclean for anyone who thinks it's unclean. For if your brother is grieved by what you eat, you are no longer walking in love. By what you eat, do not destroy the one whom from Christ died. So don't let your regard... So do not let what you regard as good be spoken of as evil for the kingdom of God is, is not a matter of eating and, so for the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking but of righteousness and peace and joy in the holy spirit whoever thus serves Christ is acceptable to God and approved by men point 1 do not quarrel over opinions quarreling is an angry argument or disagreement typically between people on good terms with each other. So we can see why Paul was saying that to the church. Paul was saying in this scripture here, guys there's things that we need to fight and hold on to to our deathbed. In Romans 14:9 and in Romans 14:15 Paul spoke about the life, the death, the resurrection of Christ. Christ died and lived again, do not destroy the one whom Christ died. You know, that song we sang here, you guys got so fired up in the song that we sang today. That last one there, the, and the one before is because you saw the hope that was in the power of the resurrection. You saw the power that was in that. We can't let anybody take that away. We're going to hold our ground on that. We're going to press in on that. But Paul was going on to say, there's other matters that aren't as important. Paul called them different opinions. In this passage of Scripture, the different opinions were some ate meat and thought it was okay. Others didn't like it. Others ate vegetables and and liked it. Others didn't. And they were fighting and quarreling over that. They were allowing uh, angry arguments and disagreements to separate them over what they ate. While others had different opinions on the days... This day's the best day. No, this day's the best day. No, this day we need to worship. No, we need to worship every day. And they were fighting and disputes were breaking out in the church and people were leaving over it. The different opinions. Paul was saying to guard against that. There are going to be many different opinions in the Christian family. There's Mennonites, there's German Apostolics, there's Baptists, Methodists, Pentecostals, Presbyterian, Christian Church, Assembly of God, Lutheran, Catholic, etc., etc., etc. We all agree on 95% of the same thing, but there's 4 or 5% that we won't agree on. Those are the opinions that Paul was talking about. Don't let them divide you and break you down. Hold on to the things, the truths, and the things that that, that the word is so defined in. Hang on to them. These other things, we may see the word is defined in them and we're passionate about them, but some people aren't there yet and we need to love them and bring them into it. But these churches have different opinions over tattoos, alcohol, war, capital punishment, and lately the medical marijuana. There's, there's many things that we can go on to doctrinally that we could talk about today. So how do we deal with these things? How do we deal with these differences? And the first thing Paul says is welcome those faith who are weak. Welcome with open arms, not quarreling and fighting to those weaker in their faith. And Connie, I thought you said it well today in the class. We are good about reproving and rebuking, but not good at showing God's truth with love. And I think that's what we need to be about a lot of times. Pastor Larry said in the class today, we need to learn to invest in others. If we do not, we will see if we do, we will see the Holy Spirit working through with us. So when we're having these disputes and these arguments over these things that, that may be really important to you that somebody don't seem to care about we need to continue to keep the dialogue open, welcome each other, love each other, and not condemn each other. And that moves us into two, don't be quick to judge. Four times in this passage Paul says we are not to judge one another. Verse fourteen one, do not quarrel over opinions. 14 four, who are you to pass judgment on the servant of another? Verse fourteen ten, why do you pass judgment on your brother? Verse fourteen, thirteen. Then let us not us no more, and let us no more criticism and blame pass judgment on one another. Again, making that final decision. I don't want you in my class no more. I don't want you to come to this church no more. I don't want you to be my friend no more. I don't want you to be a part of my life. That's passing judgment. Welcoming somebody is, yeah, we're not going, we're not agreeing on this, but I love you and we're going to continue to work this out with fear and trembling. We're going to to, uh, allow the Holy Spirit to minister to us and to use us in all things. Next thing he says, three, don't look down on others. Those who feel free to eat anything must not look down on those who don't, don't. And those who don't eat certain foods must not condemn those who do. For God has accepted them. Four, do what you think is right. And that's what I want to get across today is I'm not telling you to weaken your faith. I'm telling you to weaken your judgment and open up your love. What I'm telling you today is, is, is be convinced of what you believe. That's what Paul said in Romans 14, 5. Let each one be fully convinced in his own mind. In the Sunday school class today, 2 Timothy 4, 1 and 2, I charge you therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who will judge the living and the dead at his appearing in his kingdom, preach the word, be ready in season and out of season, convince, rebuke, exhort with all longsuffering and teaching. Man, we're supposed to press in with all we got. We're supposed to stand on what is right, but we do it with this compassion and love and of the people that God has himself. Five, assume the best about people's motives. Give God thanks for them, Romans fourteen six says. A lot of people you're arguing with that 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 you think that that they're just being mean to you and picking on you and they just really believe what they think. We need to continue to be sensitive about other people's conscience, and that's six. Make your mind up not to put a stumbling block, or cause, or, or a cause to fall in our brother's way. This one here was the example in the devotion that day. He said, for example, if something regards drinking alcohol is wrong, it would be insensitive to drink alcohol in front of them. We do not want to cause them to stumble. We need to be careful. We need to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit and what He's teaching us to do. I told you guys years ago that that, that when I first started ministering to the youth, I chewed tobacco. I don't think there's anything wrong with tobacco. I don't think it's going to send you to hell. It's not good for you. Yeah, but there's a lot of things not good for you. Overeating's not good for you. But, But the Holy Spirit began to work on me. That that if it causes somebody else to stumble, you shouldn't do it. And that's why I quit chewing. Because it caused other people to quit to, to do that. Parents don't want their kids chewing. If they see the youth pastor doing it, hmm. You see where I'm heading? Be sensitive about other people's convictions. Seven, help and encourage one another. Therefore, let us pursue the things which make for peace and the things which may edify another. Always act in love. Yet if your brother is grieved because of your food, you are no longer walking in love. Man, if you're grieving people by the way you're acting and the way you're doing things that aren't in righteousness, we need to cut it out. And then I got so be sensitive again. It's good neither to eat meat or drink wine nor do anything by which your brother stumbles or is offended or made weak Romans fourteen twenty one. I already kind of said this, but just because we may agree to disagree on some of these matters does not make them irrelevant. We need to be careful to do what is right in every situation. I believe God's word is clear as a bell. I do. I believe it's clear as a bell on every matter. But we need to let our love and wisdom and the Holy Spirit guide and direct us to get people there. If we continually fight, Satan's won. The main reason I say this today is I believe God is and will be sending people to Oakton into your personal lives that other churches won't receive, that other people won't receive. And we must welcome people into the body of Christ. Unity is most important, though. Unity is most important. For the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Disputes, and disputes matters. Disputed matters are important, but not as important as the unity of the body. If you read First Chronicles 9 and chapter 10, we see that division brings destruction. It allows an opening for Satan to divide and kill. And, guys, this starts in your marriages, in your, your families, with your children. It, it's in everything. We see that the Philistines fought against Israel. The fighting grew fierce around Saul in, in chapter 10, verse 1 and 3. Saul was attacked by the Philistines and died as a result. We find that account in, Romans, or in 1 Samuel 31. However, the writer in Chronicles adds an explanation in 1 Chronicles 10, 13. So Saul died for his unfaithfulness, which he had committed against the Lord. Did you get that? He died because of his unfaithfulness. This week I was studying again in our reading in Judah. Judah was taken into captivity because of their unfaithfulness. As we look back in the book of Samuel, we can see the real problem was that Saul became jealous of David. David did everything he could to submit to Saul and to be on good terms with him. Saul would have nothing to do with it. He was out to get David. This internal dispute weakened Saul and made him vulnerable to an attack from outside. We see today how internal disputes among the people of God makes us vulnerable to attacks from outside. Jesus prayed that we would be one in order that the world would believe john seventeen twenty three says "I in them and you in me." that they may become perfectly one so that the world may know that you sent me and love them even as you loved me i said we need not judge the sinner and cast him out but we need to embrace him and welcome them there's things that that i used to do as a pastor and believe that over 20 years i don't believe that way anymore because I've worked out my salvation, if the church would have kicked me out every time I didn't believe accurately, I'd have been in a mess. I'm just trying to tell us we need to be careful how we come across and not let things divide us, but allow the Holy Spirit to minister through us and reconcile us.